right, I'm here tonight with uh, Brandon Glaspie. He is the youth minister at the Hardin Valley Free Will Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, it's really a great opportunity for me to be able to interview him tonight. And uh, Brandon, for all of the folks here in Erie and other places that might be watching that don't know you, why don't you take a moment and kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Brandon Glaspie. Okay, well... For those of you who know, my name, know now, my name is Brennan Glaspie. Again, I am the youth minister here in, at Hardin Valley Free Will Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. I work with Pastor Rodney Holloman. I work with Pastor Rodney Holloman. A um, little bit about me. I'm 31 years old. I am the baby. Of, I'm the baby of my family. I have an older sister who is a Christian school teacher in Gem in Chesterfield, Virginia. I almost got that wrong. Chesterfield, Virginia, serving alongside Pastor Glenn Johnson. And my mom lives back in my home state of North Carolina. And she goes to a new Freedom Free Will Baptist Church. And so that's so, a little bit of Yeah, you, you said North Carolina. What what area of North Carolina did you grow up in? Um a very small town called Clinton, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. So I, I grew up in North Carolina as well. So we have a connection there. I grew up in the apex area. And then uh, when I was in high school, I moved to Kinston, which is closer to the East Coast. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so a couple of North Carolina guys get, getting a yep. chance to talk tonight. Um, yeah. So did you grow up in a Christian home? Tell us a little bit about life as, as in your home and, and kind of how you came to faith. Okay. Well, um, growing up, I wouldn't really consider it a Christian home. It was more a religious home. Um, my mom, when she was living with my grandma, she was faithful going to church. But then when she left that area, she got out of church. She wasn't really involved in church anymore because she really couldn't find a church that she would call a home church. And so growing up, of course, we knew about the moral law. We knew about the Ten Commandments. Of course, do not steal, do not kill, do not have sex before marriage. We knew about all of that. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. We knew about all that. It was just to the point of if you keep the moral law, if you'll be fine with the moral law, if you just trust God, keep the moral law, you're going to be okay. You're going to go to heaven. So that was the environment that we grew up in. And of course, we didn't read the Bible. And we did not go to church on Sundays or on Wednesdays, faithfully. We didn't attend a home church. We didn't attend a home church. Um, the only times we actually attended church were during holidays when we went to go visit my grandma and we would go to church with her. And so it was an annual thing and not a weekly thing for us growing up. So kind of how, how did that change in your life? What, what kind of led you to faith, uh, you know, when you finally realized, wait a minute, just because I'm a quote unquote good guy doesn't mean that I am good enough to, to get to heaven on my own. What, what, what led to you understanding the gospel? Well, um, I didn't hear about salvation really until I actually got in middle school and a friend of mine actually came to me and he said, he asked me just point blank, are you saved? And I looked kind of confused. I looked kind of confused. I was like, what do you mean? Am I saved? And he just asked me, am I saved? And he explained it a little bit to me. And 
he mentioned about he did mention about Jesus Christ. And I said, no, I don't believe I am, but I'm a good person. And so sure, sure. Maybe if I believe in Jesus Christ, then possibly so. But I didn't really get saved until I started attending my home church at New Freedom. Um, we go to church and my pastor was preaching about Jesus Christ. My pastor was preaching about not only Jesus Christ, but of course he was preaching about hell. And he was talking about, you can't keep the moral, you can't keep the 10 commandments perfectly. No one can. And it's only by faith and trust in Jesus Christ that you can be saved and that you will go to heaven. And I still tried to do the best that I can. I still tried to be the good guy. But the more that I kept hearing about the message of Jesus Christ and what he has done for me, and the more I kept hearing about what would happen if I don't accept him and the separation that would come when I die, the more that I really started to think about it. And it was a Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night, um, about five days before my birthday, actually, May 10th, 2005, May 10th, 2005, that I stopped fighting very much. I was nervous about going. I was nervous about giving my life to Jesus Christ because the question in the back of my mind was, okay, what is everybody going to think of me if I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And so on Wednesday night, I talked to my pastor. I talked to my pastor after he got through talking with a friend of mine. And I just confessed. I said, I want to be saved too. I don't want to go to, of course, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to try and, you know, continue to try and be the good guy. I want to put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. And that Wednesday night, May 10th, 2005, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Oh, that's awesome. That's, I love to hear people's uh, testimonies and how they came to know the Lord. Who was your pastor at that time? Um, my pastor was David Welch. Okay. Brother David. Okay. Yep. Well, that's awesome. I'm excited to, uh, to kind of hear a little bit more about your, your testimony. So you were around, what, around 15, 16 years of age at that point? Um, I was 15. I, I was 15 and five days from turning six, five days before I turned 16 years old. I see. So you finished out high school. Yes, uh, sir. I'm sure as a brand new Christian, there were some challenges that, that, that came along with that, but uh, did you decide to go to Southeastern immediately after high school or was, was there kind of a time period b between high school and college? Um, well, I knew, and this was even before I got saved, before I got saved, attending church, I said, you know what, I actually do want to go to a Christian college. And so even though South, my pastor had mentioned Southeastern, but it wasn't at the forefront of my mind. There were other Christian colleges that I were looking at. And it wasn't until I answered a call to preach that Southeastern went to the forefront of all of the Christian colleges that I was thinking about. I was 18 years old. I just graduated, had no idea what I wanted to do. And then the Lord had kept pressing on my heart to answer the call to preach. And when I was 18 in a summer camp, I answered a call to preach. And I told my pastor on a Sunday and he said, I want you to sign up for Southeastern. And so it was a year after I had graduated that I filled out for Southeastern. And of course I get, I get notified in the spring of 2008 that I got accepted at Southeastern. And so it, it was a little bit of a time gap there 
where Southeastern was at the forefront. And then the Lord just pretty much dropped Southeastern at the forefront and said, Brandon, this is what you need to do. And so. Awesome. That's cool. So uh, one of the things that you mentioned to me when we were discussing our um, podcast is at uh, some point in your life, you began to struggle with, with some anxiety. Was, is that something that's been an ongoing issue for you throughout your life or was it something that kind of gradually came on and got worse or kind of kind of walk us through that journey a little bit um well you definitely got the you definitely got the last part of that right about it definitely being a journey um this is definitely an ongoing thing where i am thankfully now learning how to manage it and how how to manage it and how to handle it um it wasn't until just recently that i actually said you know what i can't handle this alone because most of it actually started showing up when i was young there were a lot of traumatic there was some traumatic things that happened to me even as a young child and so learning to deal with things of the past things that were done to me things that were said to me or things that were said by me that I started believing. And so the, my anxiety journey, I've heard it said before that anxiety is like a dam where a whole lot of water can build up behind that dam. And even if the dam is holding back a pound less than its limit with the water, then it can look completely normal. But if, the, if, the, if it's a pound more than what it can hold, then the dam will burst. And the water behind there, the water behind there can cause utter destruction. And when I heard that, it resonated with me with my journey with anxiety, because all of these series of thoughts that were in my mind that I'd been battling with was starting to build up. And I would isolate myself. I would continue to tell myself I'm a failure. I'm wrong. It's my fault. I'm not good enough. And so these were things that I were dealing with even when I was very, very young and just recently starting to figure it out. I finally came to the point where I was like, I can't do this by myself. And it took a lot of humility, but it also took a lot of courage to just finally say, Brandon, you can't do this alone. You need to get some help. You've been running to other different areas to try and cope with this you've been running any and everywhere trying to do this by yourself and you just can't do it alone and so i have had several people come alongside me and say we are praying for you we love you we're going to help you to walk through this and is it a journey is it a journey absolutely it is but pretty much pretty much the Lord has brought some people into my life to help me to walk through this. That's a blessing. It's good to know that, that we don't have to walk, you know, on this journey alone, whatever it is that we're struggling with. And we all struggle with something, you know, we all are broken, you know, in, in, in that regard. Um, but Ecclesiastes reminds us that two are better than one, you know, and, and to have somebody that we can talk to, that we can counsel with, that we can pray with, um, especially somebody that's gone through some of the things that maybe we've gone through that can relate to the feelings that we have, whether it be anxiety or something else is a, 
is a real blessing. What would you say to someone that maybe is kind of where you're at or where you used to be as far as struggling with anxiety or struggling with some other um, uh, issue like similar to that? What would you say to them? What, what, what are some things that you have found that, that have helped you to, to learn to cope with it maybe better than you used to? Um, three statements that I would definitely say to anyone who is going through this. First and foremost, you are not alone. One of the biggest lies that I believed when going through this journey is that I was the only one going through this. And because I believe that, I had the tendency to isolate myself so many times. And it led me to even thoughts of suicide to that point or thoughts of struggling, especially with sexual sin. Um, but the one thing that you need to know is that you're not alone. Um, there are so many Christians that are dealing with this issue. There are so many Christians that are dealing with this issue of anxiety or depression or mental illness that when they come to a church, and I know, Pastor, that you can relate to, that you can relate to this, they will come to church wearing a mask, saying, I have it all together, when the truth is that they don't. And they're afraid to talk about it because the one thing at their back of their mind is what will people think of me if I tell them that I don't have it all together? Will I have to continue to isolate myself? Will I continue to have to say I will fight this alone? Trust me. Trust me from someone who has gone through it. You can't fight this alone. And the best part is that you are not alone through this. So don't believe the lie that you are alone and you're the only one that's going through this. You're not. You're hearing from somebody who is telling you right now that you're not alone. And with that, I also want to tell you, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Um, maybe it's a friend that you really trust. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a counselor. And it used to be that I used to be against counseling. I said I wasn't going to get it. Now I will say counseling is one of the best decisions that I actually made here recently going to a counselor and actually talking to him because he actually may be able to dig up to help you to dig back into some of these issues of the past that you have dealt with and can help you to walk through them and to heal. So tell somebody, tell somebody, be courageous enough. And I know that's very hard to hear right now, but be courageous enough to tell somebody is it scary? Yes, it is very scary to even tell someone about what you're going through. And even right, even right now, little, I was a little bit nervous, excited about even sharing about my story because at the back of my mind, of course, I'm thinking, what will people think of me? But you need to tell someone. You do need to tell someone. But the most important thing that I will tell you is to not lose heart. Don't lose heart. I've heard it asked before, can God help me with my depression? Can God help me with my anxiety? And one of the best illustrations that I heard talked about Jesus in the garden. When Jesus was in the garden and he was praying about this, going to the cross, and he had great drops of blood sweating from him. When he was at his most anxious point, he can understand 
And the Bible tells us that we have a high priest who has been through the same things that we have been through, yet without sin. He has been through it. And so we don't have to lose heart because for one, he does walk with us. But two, he also, we don't have to lose heart because we have hope. It was actually a devotion that I read this morning that talked about hope. That was in First Thessalonians. That talked about the hope that we have because not only is Jesus Christ raised from the tomb and the tomb is still empty, but also the promise that Jesus Christ is returning. That is the promise that we can hold to. And the end of that says comfort one another with these words. So even in the darkest pit of anxiety that you may be in, God can understand. So don't lose heart because the tomb is empty and he is returning and your anxiety, your depression, it will not last. Amen. Those are some great thoughts. Um, and I, I'm assuming that those are some things that you've learned along the way, you know, in, in your own journey, the, you know, those things were probably uh, not learned overnight. It was probably a journey to learn those as well. Just like, as you said, it, it's been a journey. Um, I know that um, you mentioned counseling and um, Christian counseling, you know, Bible-based counseling, I think can be a, a huge asset and a huge blessing to, to people that um, are, are going through, you know, anxiety and depression and, and other issues. I know uh, I personally have benefited from, from some good Christian counseling as well. And Absolutely. You know, being able to approach it from a, um, from a biblical standpoint and, and not just from a, a worldly standpoint, I was talking to someone the other day about an issue and I said, you know, if, if we, if we don't address the problem, we, we probably won't come to the right solution. And so I think a good Christian counselor, a lot of times can help, as you said, kind of dig and figure out what's, what's, what's behind this, you know, is it, is it, you know, more than just, um, you know, a, an issue with a chemical imbalance or, is it, you know, something from your past or is it a combination of both? And sometimes that, that can really be beneficial. Definitely so. And even along, with, even along with that, I mean, for some, for telling somebody, there may be some things that you cannot tell someone you're close to, but you can tell a Christian counselor. And that was one of the main things that pretty much I walked into there with. I mean, even when I had my first meeting, I said, I'm afraid of actually letting this guy know exactly who I am, but pretty much he shared his testimony with me. And so it actually helped me to open up to him and just tell him everything. And so you don't have to worry about whether or not they're going to go out and pretty much show your skeletons to everybody because they're not, because I know that they're not going to do that. I know that personally. And so that has also been a great help for anybody who is maybe at the back of their mind or saying, you know what, counseling probably won't help me out because again, there's someone, there's again, someone that I have to tell and he may, he or she may share my skeletons with everybody. They will not. And so you can rest in that as well. And I can give you a little bit more confidence into saying, you know what, I can't talk to somebody who will keep it confidential and 
who can help me to walk through this, whether it is a chemical imbalance or whether it is the past. And so that's a blessing that I found out also from Christian counseling. And so Dick Christian counseling definitely is a great help. Can you give us one or two examples of where you're at now versus where you were maybe let's say three, five years ago uh, in this journey and, and some things that God has helped you to overcome something that you would be comfortable in sharing as far as a, an example. Okay. Um, well, especially with anxiety, um, we have the sense, as I said, of isolating ourselves, but we find ways to try and actually cope with it that are not healthy. And of course, one of the ways that I tried to cope with my anxiety was with sexual temptation. I dove into pornography. And so pretty much pornography is like a drug. Pornography is like a drug and pretty much it is more addictive than even that of cocaine or meth because it, you already have a chemical imbalance going on there. But even so with pornography, it makes it a whole lot worse because then pretty much you look at it, look at it, there is the relief and then there's the regret afterwards. You regret looking at it and you go through that cycle again and again and again. And it's one of the most debilitating things that you can, uh, anyone can ever go to, man or woman. And so usually with anxiety, we find ways of coping. And that was one of my ways of coping with the anxiety was to go to pornography. Now, thankfully, pornography is no longer a part of my life. And the Lord has given me victory from that. And I'm very thankful for it. And so if there's an example of where I was three to five years ago to where I am now, I can definitely make that statement is that pornography is no longer a part of my life anymore. I don't have to run to pornography to help me cope with my anxiety. Pretty much I can talk to somebody. I can definitely, definitely go to Jesus. But other than that, the main thing is that I don't have to run to that quote unquote coping mechanism because truth be told it is not a coping mechanism. It just continues to intensify more. And so if there's a statement of where I was to where I am now, pornography is no longer a part of my life. And I'm very thankful for that. Uh, that was kind of, you, you kind of already answered my question, but my question was going to be, was there ever a time that that ever helped? You know, and it's amazing how we go to, like you said, coping mechanisms, thinking that that's going to help when in reality, it just makes things worse. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm thankful, you know, for God's power uh, to set us free and for God's power to help us to learn to cope with our struggles in healthy ways. I think it's important to remember, you know, as long as we live in a broken body and live in a broken world, you know, we're going to struggle with, with anxiety or, or depression or discouragement or, or other, you know, sickness or other, you know, issues. But, you know, we, we, we don't have to go to the world solutions to, to, to cope with those things. And um, I think you've re reminded, reminded us of that uh, this evening. Anything else you want to share, Brandon, about your, this journey that maybe we didn't cover? Um, coming to mind, 
probably not. Um, well, excuse me, one thing. Um, again, with the journey, with the journey, I know that um, definitely one of the main things that I did go through, that I did struggle with was suicidal thoughts. And so um, I know one of the things that I did, especially when I got into counseling, um, especially when I got into counseling, was I did look up the National Suicide Prevention Hotline because I know that those who have gone through anxiety, those who have gone through depression, especially with the chemical imbalance, I have read several articles about pastors, even of themselves, just pretty much ending, sadly ending, choosing to end their lives. And so with this epidemic of definitely mental illness and with suicide, I made sure that I saved in my phone as an emergency number, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, because maybe you can't reach your counselor. Maybe you can't reach one of your friends. Maybe you can't reach your pastor, but someone will answer on the line with a National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And so even if it comes to that, please call them. That's a, that's a good point. And uh, it's good that there are uh, resources out there such as that, that people can turn to. Well, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your heart and opening up tonight a little bit about this journey that, that uh, you're on and glad to hear what God's done in your life and uh, uh, what, what's kind of next uh, in, in, on the next chapter. You got any, any exciting new plans coming up? Are you just trying to get through 2020 like the rest of us? <laughs> I think that would be the main plan is to get through 2020. Um, I mean, our, um, but pretty much, I mean, God is moving in the midst of our church. I'm thankful to see how, how God is moving among our people, among our young people, among our young people, among our congregation. And we're excited about the things to come. And so, are we looking forward to getting 2020 over with? Absolutely, but we're learning how to, but just like all churches and mostly all businesses, we're learning how to navigate through it. And we're definitely seeing how the Lord has been blessing us through that. And so again, we're looking forward to how, we're looking forward to, to seeing how more, the, how much the Lord can help us to continue to navigate through 2020 and even going into 2021, so. Amen, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you being on here. Thank you so much. All it right. was a pleasure. Thank you. Yep. God bless. Bye-bye.